0: The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by HubSpot. Imagine growing a business with high quality leads, fast closing deals, and wildly happy customers. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.
1: Welcome to the American Negotiation Institute's podcast, where we will teach you the skills you need to get more out of life. And now, your host, Kwame Christian.
2: Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Negotiate Anything. I'm Kwame Christian. I'm a business lawyer and I am passionate about teaching business professionals like you the keys to negotiation and persuasion. This podcast is produced by the American Negotiation Institute, where we offer live negotiation trainings and one-on-one coaching for professionals that want to learn how to communicate confidently and persuasively. Before we jump into this episode, I'd like to give a couple of listener shout-outs. Like to give a shout out to Aiden from Phoenix and Daniel from Wichita Falls. Thank you both for reaching out. Today we're talking to Alex Barker. He's a pharmacist by trade but has created an incredibly lucrative side business as a consultant. In his business, he helps busy professionals create successful businesses on the side. So we talk about why it's actually a good thing to hear the word no from your prospects, how generosity can lead to more clients, and he lets us in on his unique sales process. Also, before our interview started, Alex gave me some great coaching advice on how I could grow my business. It was like a mini coaching session. And I know it was great advice because I implemented it successfully last month. So if you want to hear that mini coaching session with me, go to AmericanNegotiationInstitute.com slash Alex to download the audio for that for free, of course. And again, that's AmericanNegotiationInstitute.com slash Alex. And so then you can get a a taste of Alex's unique coaching style, and he also gives free consultations, so please make sure you reach out to him. He has a great podcast called The 66 Day Experiment, and you can connect with him by going to 66dayexperiment.com. I know you're going to get a lot out of this episode, so without further ado, let's jump into the interview. Hey, Alex, thanks for being here, man.
1: (laughs) I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm ready to have some fun.
2: Good stuff. All right. So let's get started with uh, just a brief introduction
1: to you and what it is that you do. Sure. That's a lot. A brief, though. Let's be brief. Let's be to the point. Who am I? I'm a lot of things. I'm a full-time pharmacist. I'm a business coach. I'm a media company owner. I'm a franchise player. I'm a home owner. I own my home. That feels good to say. No debt on that. I'm a husband to an awesome wife who's way out of my league. In fact, you want to talk about sales and negotiation. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Totally tricked her into marrying me. She's stuck. (laughs) I got two wonderful girls and I'm just living the dream. That's me. Oh, I'm a a podcaster too. Yeah. (laughs) Don't forget that.
2: No, you can't forget that. So tell my audience what the name of your podcast is so they can check it out.
1: Yeah, I've got a couple of shows. Probably one that's more related to this is called the 66 Day Experiment. The idea behind it is that based on some new research that's out is it really takes 66 days to form a habit. And so what I did is I wanted to put challenges more in my life. And for the season one, I read a book a day. Season two, I faced daily rejection. Season three, I built a business in 66 days. And then in season four, I helped a couple build a business in that time frame. Wow. Yep. So four seasons in. Yep. That's
2: pretty impressive. That's a lot of impressive stuff. (laughs) Well done. You know, and the thing is, I'm thinking about is like, wow, paid off your house already? (laughs) I guess that's a testament to how,
1: successful your your side hustles have been well i mean you say success but man the path is just marked with tons of failure and even now i still feel like what in the world am i doing at times so while it may sound really cool i don't want people to feel like man this guy he's an action taker that is true but what's consistent in all of it really is the theme of the show which is consistent action. Mm. What gets people to fail and fall off the boat and not do their diets or not follow through on their business idea or write that book that they know they have inside them is the lack of consistency, the lack of having a habit. And while I'm not perfect either, I know that since I'm doing things daily, I'm always pressing forward. Things are always getting higher. They're always getting better. I suppose that's one of my messages that's a part of who I am. Consistent daily action really does pay off.
2: It sounds like you've read The
1: Compound Effect. <laughs> a few times. <laughs> well, yeah. if you're reading
2: a book a day, I
1: figured you would have gotten to that one. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah that was one that we read in that, in that series.
2: It was good. Yeah. So for the audience, tell them a little bit about The Compound Effect. I really think that's a powerful book for anybody who wants to be successful in whatever it is they're doing, not only just business. So can you give like a, a little you know elevator pitch for that one?
1: Sure. Yeah. I'll hawk Darren Hardy's book for you. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great read because the concept is really simple. The compound effect says that daily action over time leads to a synergistic outcome. So you've probably heard people say this about things like exercise. Like in the beginning, it seems like nothing is happening, that it's just hard. It's just tons of sweats, tons of misery. But at a certain point, something happens in your body and things just start clicking. Your workout becomes a routine. It becomes easy to do. It becomes something that gives you energy rather than takes it away. That's a compound effect. A prime example of this is really my, I would say, my side hustle business income. My first year of business, I think, was from 2012 to 2013. I think I made maybe $1,000 for the whole year. I really did not make much at all. In fact, I would say I I lost more because I spent tons of money on coaching, courses, programs, retreats, conferences, and I maybe made a thousand bucks. The next year, I think I made, I want to say, five to $8,000. And then the next year, 2014, I made 20K in that year. And that's when things started to really click. I've heard this before that it's really the third year of business that things start to really happen. And then the next year, I tripled that. Wow. And now this year, I mean, things are going really well. (laughs) And like I said, this year we were able to pay off our house. And that's really just because of how well the business is done. And this is on the side.
2: Yeah. On top of... Wow. And remember everybody, Alex is a pharmacist by trade. So that's that's impressive, Alex. That's really, really good. And so you do this while working full time, having two
1: kids, right? Yep, two girls. Yeah. So time management is a must, right? <laughs> yeah. Well
2: done, my friend. That's really impressive. So yeah, it's it's funny giving the example of working out. I remember this year I was really rededicating myself to getting back in the gym. I put out a call on Facebook saying, hey, what are the best workout supplements? Um, You know, whey protein, creatine. I've done all of that stuff. And then as I probably about two or three months in, it hit me. The best supplement that you can have is consistency. It doesn't (laughs) doesn't matter. So I stopped all using the proteins and whatnot. And I was just getting great results because I was in there probably about four times a week. So yeah, The Compound Effect works. It's a powerful book. Check it out. And for those of you who are trying to do a side hustle, obviously, Alex has a really great system. So if you're looking for a coach, I know a guy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know what's interesting is you mentioned supplements there. And there's no shortage online or in the marketplace, really, for people who are trying to sell shortcuts. And I have found few things other than the power of masterminds and coaches that have really pushed me. Right. And if you don't know what a mastermind is, it's basically a group of people who meet on a consistent basis that push each other forward towards their goals. And a coach is someone who helps you see outside yourself to get you further where you want to go. It's why I've invested well over 40K over the last four years of my journey just in coaching so that I can get where I want to go faster. And it's paid off in dividends. But in the beginning, it it didn't make sense. You know, Kwame and I were talking before this and we were sharing about how his wife is in residency and you make dirt money when you're a resident. (laughs) Yeah. I made 40K in one year as a resident. And I remember the negotiation battle between my wife and I trying to convince her that I needed a coach and I was going to pay someone 500 bucks a month, which if you do the taxes, I think, My monthly income was two thousand and seven hundred dollars a month. And to pay him five hundred bucks of that, what is huge. Absolutely. It was crazy. But I'm so glad I did because it made me realize that if I really want this, I got to put my, you know, (laughs) my name on the dotted line. I got to get serious. I got to put my money where my mouth is if I'm going to really accomplish the things I want to do with my life.
2: Absolutely. And it's funny because I'm <laughs> I had the exact same negotiation with my wife, too, because, you know, I have the law firm where I have I see my business clients and everything. But mm-hmm. this the American Negotiation Institute, that's really my passion. And so um, I hired a business coach earlier this year. And, you know, when you're starting any business times are are lean, it was tough to justify the 700 bucks a month for the coach. But I have a coach now. I have I'm in two mastermind groups
0: Imagine this, higher quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.
2: And it's just been incredibly helpful, you know, because you come up with these ideas as, as an entrepreneur and they're interesting I'll say it that way. (laughs) But what happens is you take this crazy idea and you run it through your coach and your mastermind groups, and then it becomes either rejected or it becomes more and more refined. So your job only comes down to execution. And this is the way I think about it. You know, when we look at the Olympics a couple months ago, we see the people who medal as the people who have reached the pinnacle of individual achievement. But then when you look at the way that they trained and how they got there, they have teams, they have coaches. There's no such thing as individual accomplishment. There's always somebody behind it. So never think that you can do it on your own. Hire a coach, get a mastermind group, do something, because success doesn't come by yourself.
1: So true. Good stuff. We're both testaments to it, right?
2: For sure. Let's get into the business, because one thing that I really admired about you is your the way that you generate sales by focusing on the relationship and creating value. Can you talk a little bit about how you used to generate sales for your business and how you do it now?
1: So if we're just going to focus really in one area, it's my coaching. So I knew that from the beginning of my journey that I love to teach. I love to help people overcome whatever barriers that, that they want. I first started out, as a podcast coach, I would help people start up their podcasts and it was a lot of fun and I really enjoyed it. And in the beginning, what I would do is be very, very timid <laughs> and I would ask them some questions about what they wanted and then I would I would essentially just present the sale right there. I would say, okay, well, if this is what you want, this is what I can do, this is what I can provide to you. The very first sale I ever made as a consultant, that's what I would call myself then, mm-hmm was $37 a month <laughs>
2: <laughs> for, for 12 was, minutes of work.
1: Yeah. No. Oh my gosh. No. Hours upon hours of work. I was so scared to ask for that amount of money because as a professional, you know, pharmacist, we had no business classes. We don't know how to ask people for money. We're just given money for the job that we do. Right. You know, we're just cogs in a wheel. We're trained to be that and to step out to not be a cog anymore and to think of myself as a a one tool that does it all, I didn't have the confidence to really make that happen and business was hard. I did not do very well as a consultant it wasn't until recently this year that I realized the power of just doing something different so when you talk about relationships, something that I've understood as a consultant and as a coach that no sale is made without a relationship without Someone really understanding who I am, what I do, what I represent, and how I can help them. And so what I realized that with relationships, the best way to really grow a relationship is to do what? To be with someone more, to experience them more, if you will. And that's weird. People don't normally think of, you know, interacting with people as an experience, unless like they're a gregarious or crazy person. You're like, oh, man, Just watch out for Donna in in the office. (laughs) It's an experience talking to her. But I thought, well, if I want people to really experience my coaching and to understand the power that it has, how it can literally change their lives, give them clarity on what they're doing and help them push forward on the things that are holding them back, I could probably change my whole coaching practice. And a lot of the revelations came after reading a a few books on consulting and getting really serious about it rather than just kind of playing around as a coach. This was about, if you're thinking timeline, it's 2016, probably occurred around January, February. And I was coaching a few people at the time and it was really just like chump change, like side income, maybe around a thousand or a little over that a month. I started to say, you know what, I'm really good at this. How can I really make this whole process an amazing experience, a wow experience? And I read this great book called The Prosperous Coach, which sounds, you know, so self-helpy. So I immediately questioned it because I I don't really believe in self-help. I'm always a skeptic. Rather, I think there's only great ideas and we have to think about how to implement them. And I got so many awesome ideas and namely... The main one, and it's something I do now for everyone who wants coaching from me, is that I provide a two-hour consultation for anyone who wants coaching. And we go really, really deep. And people get some really crazy revelations. I was talking with, I believe he was an engineer but he had a website that was about codependency and it was gaining a lot of traction and he was making passive income from it and he had a book and he was about to launch a course and he was doing really, really good. But when it came down to it, he wasn't getting a whole lot of joy or satisfaction from it. Rather, what he really wanted to do was create these really fun experiment-like videos to teach people about codependency. And he had never really verbalized that before. And so now he's got a plan. Now he has an understanding of what his dream is, which is to make these videos that potentially could go viral to show the world how everyone has a little bit of codependency within them and how they can break free from that. Because that was one of his core values is freedom. And so now he's on the path towards that rather than just building something that'll make money. He's building something that will make money and will fulfill one of his life goals, one of his big dreams for his life. And the whole concept of spending two hours with something is actually stolen from, I believe, a CEO of, I want to say MasterCard or Visa. I don't remember the name, but he's famously quoted for saying, if a meeting doesn't last two hours, then it, that task needs to be delegated to someone else. Wow. Say that again. Say, say it again. <laughs> I'm butchering the quote. You can probably get it in the show notes. But he (laughs) says, essentially, if a meeting doesn't last two hours, it needs to be delegated to someone else.
2: Interesting.
1: And the whole premise is, look, if I'm going to be the leader of this company, I need to deal with some really significant problems of our company. I need to think about the direction where we're heading. And I'm going to be the one who leads that. I really just adopted that into my own life. People are coming to me for help with their visions, their dreams, their ambitions. And if they really want that, then I want to spend as much time as I can to help them figure out, first off, where they want to go and how they can do it. And really change the way they see the world. Because that's ultimately what we're doing, is we're going from impossibility to possibility. And while that sounds kind of frou-frou for some guys, I know for me it sounds (laughs) frou-frou, But really, that's what the conversation is revolved around is thinking about, OK, is this the direction you want to go in your life? What could be bigger? What's possible? Because really, ultimately, there's no limitation. I mean, you, Kwame, you probably never thought that you would be podcasting one day. I'd
2: hoped, but I, I never saw the path. <laughs> yeah, that's so interesting. <laughs> it's funny because my initial reaction to that meeting statement was like, hey, I hate meetings. Who is this guy who loves meetings? (laughs) But but now, no, I understand what you're talking about because it takes time to develop a relationship. And you know what's really funny is that now looking back on our relationship, I know when we, one of the times we set up a call to just chat after we met at Podcast Movement, I realize now, now understanding your your system, looking back, that was, it was almost like a, a prospecting call for you. But on my end, it never felt like that. Because you approached it as Kwame's my friend, I'm genuinely going to build a relationship with him, see where he is in his business, see if there's anything I can do to help and add value. And I really appreciated that, you know, and when the time comes and I'm in the market for a new coach, you're honestly somebody that I'm going to look for because I believe it's important to have variety when it comes to coaching.
1: But, um, but yeah, well, thanks for claiming that on the air. I oh, can now no. use this episode.
2: <laughs> I am very, no, I'm very confident in your abilities. That's why I'm willing to do that. You know, as a lawyer, I know about paper trails and whatnot. So I knew what I was doing, committing <laughs> myself to that. But one of the you, things, can, was, I, can I just touch on something too? Yeah.
1: This whole thing that I'm talking about, this process, if you're a consultant or you're a coach, you're thinking about this and how it actually works, the beauty of it really is that. I don't have to worry about what other people are gonna say. And I think, or or what they're gonna choose rather. That's a huge part of my business that I've been able to adopt is this law of falling in love with action. Mm. The law of falling in love with action is probably what I should be adopting into my life rather than the law of determining my self-worth and my mood and my attitude on the results or lack thereof. Wow, that's pretty deep, go go deeper in that. You know, if you're listening to the show you're probably an overachiever. You're probably someone who says, I want to take control of the results in my life. I want to learn from Kwame how to persuade, how to negotiate so that I can be more satisfied with the things in my life, whether it's persuading a spouse to go to Disney World or a boss that you deserve more vacation time or more pay. You're someone who wants to take charge. And I'm like that too. I want to take charge of my life And not let life just happen to me and complain about it and be a victim of my circumstance. while that sounds great, and it's a positive way of looking at life, it comes with all sorts of barriers, mental hurdles, and challenges. And the main one being that if you're an overachiever, you sometimes determine your self-worth, your attitude, and really your actions on your results. So when your bank account is full, you feel good. When you're making money, you feel good. When you close the coaching deal or when you close the sale, you feel good. And when you're not doing those things, you feel like garbage. You feel like you're not obtaining what you want out of life. You compare yourself to other people who are doing what you wanna do and you feel like you're a loser. I feel this way. If I don't check myself, I will determine my self-worth who I am and my attitude based on the results that I get. And so if in the future, Kwame comes to me and says, hey, let's do this thing. And we have a great conversation. And then we get to the this is really a weird conversation to have on a podcast about a future conversation we may or may not have. (laughs) But let's say, for example, he comes to me. We do this coaching experience and he says, you know what? I don't know. I don't know if I can afford this right now. I don't know if I can do this. I got to talk to my wife. I got to talk to my whoever. I have come to fall in love with the fact that I am getting better as a coach every day. I'm growing in my mastery as a coach and a teacher. So rather than putting my self-worth on whether or not he says yes or no, I know for a fact that I'm getting better. And I try to move everyone who works with me either into an absolute yes or an absolute no, because I hated prom and girls telling me maybe. (laughs) I hated, if you think about, I mean, I don't know, any typical guy probably knows this scenario where you ask a girl to go on a date with you and they don't say yes or no. (laughs) Yeah. I hated that. And that's what happens sometimes in these conversations. When you think about what's a powerful conversation and, and how things have really changed for me, it's really moving people to decide, saying yes or no. And I'm not talking about persuasion or manipulation or even negotiation. It's getting people to say, this is a right now what you're telling me. It's an absolute no, because you can't afford it or you don't know what your spouse is going to say or you don't know this or that. And I'm fine with that because that's your decision and I can't control it. I can't tell you what this program is worth to you. Only you can determine that. Only you can determine what you're going to get out of it ultimately. And so this has created so much freedom for me. Because I have such a problem with dealing with rejection. That's why I did that season two of my show of 66 days of rejection, because I hate it when people I'm negotiating something, I'm proposing something and people say, no, I don't want that or no, I don't want to follow through with that. Because then what happens? Well, the rest of my day is ruined. I feel like garbage. I go home. I complain to my wife. I don't feel like playing with my kids because what does that mean about me? It means I'm a failure. It means I'm, I'm not doing the best. What's wrong with me? Why can't I close the sale? Why can't I accomplish this? Why can't I do these things? And so the reason why I brought all this up is really this idea of falling in love with just doing the work because I can control that.
2: It's really yep. interesting <laughs> because I remember, I can't remember which book this was, but they were talking about adequate goal setting, how to do it successfully. And most people focus on the outcome, kind of like what you were saying, which is problematic because you can't always control the outcome. There are a lot of variables, especially when you're dealing with people, but you focus on the actions. What can you control? And just to what you're saying, looking at it from a negotiation lens, it is so liberating to know that negotiation is the art of deal discovery, not the art of deal making. So you can't discover something that's not there. That's not your fault if it doesn't work out. Your job is to utilize these techniques and put yourself in the best position through action and see what happens. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. So I'm, I'm really glad that you brought that point to, for us today.
1: Yeah. The image that comes to mind, honestly, is someone like Leonardo and his very first drawings of the forest. See, I thought you were talking about the Ninja Turtle and I was confused. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. I can see how my mind should have gone there too. Leonardo da Vinci, you know, the creator, the inventor.
2: Oh, that one. Okay.
1: <laughs> when you think about him for starting out as an artist, as an inventor, I mean, his first stuff that he created, it was good for his age, but it still wasn't great. You know, he wasn't a master. And while he received criticism, he took it and grew and moved on. And he, further just dove into what he was creating. And we all need to be that way. We all need to understand that sometimes the results that we get aren't amazing, but it comes with time, effort, energy. And again, going back to what we talked about previously, the compound effect.
2: Hmm. This This is really interesting. So before you said you try to get somebody to come to a decisive yes or no, what do you do if somebody's on the fence when you're feeling that indecision? How do you push them without them feeling pressured?
1: (laughs) Well, I usually point out a few things. The first one being that if they're like, I just don't know. I say, you know what's interesting about this conversation? Mr. Prospect. (laughs) (laughs) That's a quote from Zig Ziglar, if you didn't know. Yes, he Um, does say that. All the time, Mr. Prospect. I'll say something to the effect of, you know, I understand that you're trying to decide. But I usually try to let them know that the very problem of trying to decide is the thing that we, our program would be designed to help you to do. <laughs> oh, wow. It's just the irony that the very thing you're trying to work through right now is the thing that we would help you create fearlessly decisive. Ooh, that's a great word. I like that. And, you know, poor you all your life. You've been struggling with making decisions if I feel like they're that kind of way. and ultimately. Failing to make a decision on something immediately leads to a life where you are really wasting some time because if you're not decisive in life, you lose out on opportunities. I mean, I just think about all the girls I could have asked out on for prom, (laughs) (laughs) but I didn't. And ultimately, I didn't even go to prom because of that very thing, because I was indecisive and I was worried about what they would say. And the girls who did tell me who I did ask told me not yes or no. And I think a part of that problem was, is that I was a jerk back in high school. But that's another story for another day. (laughs) Yeah. That's something. I'll tell people and I'll say, look, right now, it sounds like it's an absolute no. And I say, let me be clear. You don't you don't need a coach. Nobody needs coaching. But the question is, is do you want it? I do. I want coaching. I need someone who believes in me, who doesn't listen to my inner doubting voice, my fears or the negative stories that I tell myself. I need someone to hold me accountable to the big vision that I have for my life and help me to dream even bigger than what I currently am. Because the only reason why I'm not getting further ahead is not because of anyone else. It's because of me. It's always because of me. And if people are saying more leaning towards no, then I'll say I'll help them make that decision. I'll say, look, it's an absolute no right now. And that's okay. If you feel like you want to get coaching in the future, then let's stay in contact. Come back to me. Maybe they'll say something. Oh, aren't you going to are you going to charge me at that point? I say no, because if you come back to me, then you'll make a new decision. And some that may throw up skeptics right away to say, well, then the people are just going to abuse you. No, I, I have systems in place to avoid people who would abuse that, you know, system I don't want to coach that kind of person anyway, if I think they're going to be someone who's needy. Needy is creepy.
2: (laughs) (laughs) There's so many quotable moments in this, this episode. That's funny. So I want to know if this is intentional because there's a negotiation technique where you kind of push somebody to the opposite side of the fence, knowing that they would run back to the same side of the fence. So here's Mm -hmm. an example. There was a study where there was somebody, I think he was working for the Republican Party, making calls in order to try and get support. And they said, OK, you lead them down this yes path where it's like, are you a Republican? Yes. Would you like to see a Republican in the White House? Yes. This was not this year. This was in previous years. I just,
1: <laughs> I'm I, glad you clarified that. <laughs> yeah, it
2: was it was a previous, previous election. And so, and so you lead them through these really obvious questions and hopefully you get the yes momentum to for them to say yes to donate and i mentioned this before in a previous episode it was the car negotiation series episode 1 it's called the yes set so you ask like three yeses and then culminating in the ultimate ask but the person realized that he got he ultimately received a lot more donations when he started by asking the question, have you given up on a Republican being in the White House? And they're like, no, absolutely not. Mm. And so people are saying no a lot more forcefully. And then when you lead them down this yes sets where they're, you're obvi- asking obvious questions like, would you like to make more money? It's a hesitant yes. It's like, well, yes, but I know you know the answer to that question. Why are you asking me? Now I'm skeptical. But if you push them to a forceful no, it brings them back. So is that why you approach it that way when they're indecisive? Or are you genuinely giving
1: them an out? So I totally love the psychology behind it, but I'll change it a little bit. What I do, if I feel like they're indecisive and they're humming and hawing at the opportunity, What I do is I say, well, what's going to happen if nothing changes, if you don't do this coaching and you just keep doing life as you've been doing it? And they'll say, well, they'll describe the negative future. And usually they hate that. They're like, oh, gosh, this is awful. (laughs) And if they're in a place, though, where things are good, they'll describe how things are good. But I may ask a following question, like, what would what would our coaching plan, our coaching program make possible for you? And what would what would that be worth to you? Then I'll focus on the positives. I usually try not to talk too much about the negatives, but I understand that to drive people to the yes, you have to highlight what's going to be a reality. But is it intentional with psychology? Yes. Did I know that study? No. So that was pretty cool.
2: Very interesting. One thing you said is that you have systems in place to make sure that
1: people don't abuse your generosity. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, if you think, going back to the example, which is someone who would abuse the relationship, it ultimately, for any coach or consultant, you get a feel for the way people are with your first impression of them. Case in point, I did just an introduction call to someone who was interested in uh, one of the mastermind groups that I host for business people. And my very first impression of her, I could just tell that she was needy and that she was more of a talker than a doer. Hmm. And because of the things that she had done, she was working part time as a psychologist and she wanted to grow this business she was saying things like well i don't want to grow this part but i do want to do this and she was a constant starter but not a follow througher. and i knew really just by having that initial call with what that's what i do with everyone anyone who's interested in chatting with me for a two hour long session i will talk with them and i will ask questions about where are you going why do you want to do this why do you think this would be helpful to you and Number one, I have to like that person. And if I get the slightest hint of, hmm, I didn't really like that answer, then I will usually what I'll do is I'll point them to someone else who I think could help them because I'm a pretty, I would say, maybe a dominant personality. And I know for a fact that not everyone is going to get along with me because I've offended people in the past. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so I'll just vent them out to someone else who I believe that could help them. So really, that's my system for avoiding those kind of situations. Um, And if I don't pick it up in the first session, I'll usually pick it up during the two hour session. um, If I think they're going to be the person who just abuses the relationship. A telltale sign I found is that they'll email me at least twice a day or once a day. (laughs) Hmm. And that drives me crazy. I hate email.
2: Email is the worst. (laughs) (laughs)
1: yep that is really cool
2: okay let's talk about the packages that you create as a coach do you create customized packages for each customer or do you already have a set
1: I do have a set I, I something that you know they train you as a consultant or coach in any program is to say your prices out loud you know and to say you know what you're worth so that when the time comes you're not embarrassed or timid about it Because we, I don't know about you, you've probably talked to a few people, but you can tell when someone's hesitant. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Once I get someone to be hesitant with me, I'm immediately questioning their ability. In fact, this is an interesting conversation. So much is coming from it. (laughs) Yesterday, I spoke with a speaking consultant. So someone that could help me improve my ability as a speaker. And we got through the call and it was pretty much just like the typical sales questions it kind of bugged me i could tell that she was just reading them off of something but it was things like well tell me about what will improving your speaking ability do for you i was like uh okay you know and at the end she's like well my program is $6000 and this is what you're going to receive. And the way, I can't mimic her completely, but the way she worded it, I knew immediately that she wasn't confident in her ability. And the other thing too is, is that she didn't special. <laughs> I asked for a custom package. I said, I think I really only need three sessions, four at the most, to help me improve. And what she proposed was meeting six times because that was her package. And as I thought through it, I thought, you know, if you're not going to customize it to me, then I'm not going to work with you because hmm. I need your help. You don't need my help. You don't need my money. I need you to help me with this specific thing in the way that I want it. It's kind of like if you brought your car to a car shop and you said, look, I need the tires rotated. And they said, no, you need your oil change, too. And you need this changed when you know you just did it two weeks ago. Hmm. So for me, yeah, I customize everything. I try to find out how often people want to meet, what kind of support they want. And obviously I throw in other things as well to make it more of a value-based proposition rather than a weekly proposition. Because once you get people to think weekly, they're thinking, man, I'm paying this guy this much every week and he's taking money away from me. I try to get them to think, look, this is a custom package made for you. And here's all the value that you're going to get out of it. Here's how you're going to support. And it's going to be towards all of the things that you've predefined already. We're going to work towards these things and getting you to that point. For example, I'm I'm working with an advertising company right now. And the CEO wanted to get away from selling billboard ads because that's essentially what he does. He wanted to become more of a consultant for people. And so what I really did for him was I created a custom package where we would work together for I think three months and I'll tell him the five main areas that we were going to work on. They were vision, strategy, mindset, skill set, and energy. What's giving him energy and what's taking it away and removing those things. And we really made it so that we're talking about those five main areas in our calls. And reminding ourselves, you know, of each step along the way so that we don't lose track of what our goals are over time. And he's he's hustling. He's already closing a few consulting deals, which he thought was never possible. And the beautiful thing for him is that it's all profit. That's the fun thing about being a consultant is that, I mean, yeah, it takes time. But when you're doing it, it's just profit. Right. You don't have to reinvest it back into a product or something else.
2: That's so interesting. And. I want to make sure we highlight one of the terms that you said. And I think it's one of the most important terms that you can learn when it comes to negotiation and persuasion, and that's value. Because a lot of times you get focused on either money or time or one specific issue that we're discussing. But really, you need to look at the overall package and consider value. And I think it's really important because. When I talk about the narrow-minded focus, a lot of times when you're trying to sell somebody something, they're just focused on the price. They're focused on the money. But you need to shift the conversation from just focusing on that one singular issue to the overall package and what they're getting in return for that that money. And so I think that's a really smart way to do it, and especially customizing it based on that value that you paint for them. Mm, I like it. I like it too. (laughs) Good deal. So what advice do you have for entrepreneurs who are in the sales business? I think really every entrepreneur is in the sales business, to be honest. Oh, yeah. So what advice would you give to them when it comes to building profitable relationships? If you could focus on one thing that they could do that's actionable in the next week or so?
1: Let me preface it first by saying that your approach is based on your worldview. How you see your world and how you see people and, and what you believe about them will ultimately determine this. Cause I can in this kind of conversation that Kwame and I are having, I could give you all of the the secrets to life and all of the actions. But if you can't look at your worldview and how you understand people and what you think about them, then no action that I would give you would make a difference. And what I mean by that specifically is if you think that you need money, that there's only so much money out there, the next person that you're going to talk to is the one who's going to give you all the money that you need. I don't think I could help you. That's a scarcity mindset. Uh, It's a scarcity worldview that there's only so many pieces of the pie. What I would encourage you to think is a little bit different and think, I have no idea what is possible with every relationship that I have. And it's the sixth habit, really, of Stephen Covey's book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, that truly effective people are interdependent. They're not independent, which means that they can rely fully on themselves, and they're not dependent, they relying on other people, but they're interdependent. They're able to handle situations on their own. They're able to believe in themselves and they're able to influence other people or what's called social intelligence. You're able to interact with them and get them to work with you and you with them. And the way that you get there is really changing the way you view people. If I'm gonna give an action step for anyone who wants to become great in their expertise is to read a book called Mastery by Robert Greene. It's an excellent read highly recommend it especially in audio form and in there he talks about how a few people in our human history have become masters of crafts what steps did they take and how did they overcome it from Benjamin Franklin to Alexander the Great to some people in our own era and I would encourage you to always be evaluating how you are seeing your relationships is are you just in it for yourself because you know Kwame the first thing I was gonna say is give, 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 ask. Hmm. But the first thing that came up when I said that was, well, is that really going to make a difference if people don't believe that?
2: Oh, that's interesting.
1: I mean, ultimately, that that comes from my faith, what I believe and how I see the world. Because I, I believe that if I give, 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 I know that at one, t- at one point I can ask someone for something. Because... I know that I've built a relationship. And it's not like it's a tactic. It's not like it's a, okay, I have to implement three steps of giving before (laughs) I can ask. It's that, it's just the way I think. It's just the way I am. And those are the kind of people I want to surround myself with is those who give and give and give. And I know that at one time I can ask someone. So for example, let's say that I coach someone and they say, no, I just had that happen to me actually yesterday. I did a follow-up call with someone, and they said that, no, they don't need coaching. And I was like, great. But you know what? I've made such an impact on that person that I know within a few weeks, heck, even today, I could ask them for a referral. Do you know someone who's just like you that could use the help that I would provide? And that's the ask that I would do. But it only came after I gave and gave to him. See, that is
2: brilliant on so many levels where I don't even know where to start because let's let's start with the most recent one so the beautiful thing about that is even though you didn't get what you want you still would be able to get something of value again going back to that term because that's why we need to expand our scope on what we think is valuable because if you had a myopic focus on clients, getting more clients. That's what's valuable to me. Getting this client. That's what's especially valuable to me. You would have missed out on that opportunity to make a subsequent ask for something that's a little bit smaller, a referral, maybe a review on your podcast, you know, something small that is still confers value on you. So I think that's, that's really smart. And going back further to what you said about give, 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 ask the, what works really well for you is that it's authentic, when you do it and you want to use persuasive techniques that jive with your worldview and the way that you you navigate the world as well and so really even though that comes natural to you using uh, negotiation academic speak it's the norm of reciprocity where Mm -hmm. when you give somebody something they feel obligated it creates almost like a, a feeling of social debt alex has given me something i need to give something back So even if what they give back isn't, you know, you closing the deal with them as a client, they're still willing to give you something of value. So this, this technique is great. I love this. I like it too, man. Of course you do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good stuff, man. Thank you so much for joining us today. This was a really, really great interview.
1: Thanks for having me. I had a lot of fun.
2: I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you're finding this information helpful, please leave a review and subscribe. My goal is to teach these skills to as many people as possible, and leaving a review helps our search results, which helps us to reach more people. And remember, negotiation is where persuasion and problem solving meet. So if you ever have any questions or need help with specific situations, feel free to reach out to me. I'd love to help. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a great week, and I'll catch you in the next one.